guy is funny. Lucy Goose. Lucy Goose. I think I got the old one. Yeah, that's you knew that. You knew it. Give you gave me the old one. You're so selfish. No, I didn't give you the old one. I just you noticed. Did. I, did. I just you did. noticed that you had the old. You're turning bright red because you know you gave me the old mic, and you get the new mic because you want to sound the best. Well, I, I you sounded better last time. So uh huh. Like <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Welcome to How to Be an Okay Person. I am Lindsay Chrysler. And I am Robbie Carlton. Maybe we should explain the title. I, I think we are going to. Just later. But not right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to build. I, if I vent, maybe that's the time. That'll be the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got a vent brewing in I you. I do. I'm, I'm I can ripe. see it. I'm ripe. <laughs> so... Welcome to episode two. This is our second episode. Yeah, second and a, and we had like a prequel. We did second and a half, but yeah. we're not going to say every time. Third and a half, <laughs> fourth and a half, one personal space. Um, you know, if we made another half episode, then, then we would be okay again. Right. Yeah. But even then, then we'd say episode four, and it was really like three, and you and I are going to get all weird about that. Okay. So this is just. A, Episode number two. This is episode number two, and we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Some of the things we don't even know we're going to talk about yet, but we're going to talk about the bells. Yep. One of our favorite practices. That is number one priority is talk about the bells. And inspire you so much that you're going to do it. Yep. So follow up. We're going to do follow up on our first episode, The Grid. Yes. And a lot of people listened. Yes. Hooray. That's great. Thank you for listening. And we got a lot of good questions. We got texts and emails and Facebook comments. And did we get any tweets yet? Nothing on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on Twitter. Uh, we, our people on Twitter people. So we were trying to do the Twitter thing. Also, you observed that it's kind of a personal thing. It's personal. Twitter is about the most public form you can have. Right. That and Instagram because anyone can just view it right yeah so and people have things on there that they're like it's like it's so vulnerable to put your the thing that you want the progress in the most to put it on your grid right exactly and show the world so i think most people kind of did a more private approach or they are friends with us on facebook anyway we got a few questions but that doesn't mean if you are a brave soul and you want to tweet oh you'll get a special shout out if you tweet your grid (laughs) i will I will give you a shout out on here. I'll give you a shout out personally. Let me let me just say a few things about helping people. I, I helped a lot of clients with their grids this week, and I noticed a few things. Great. So one thing I noticed is people are biting off way a lot. And as a coach, you'd think I would be like, great, like do it all. Like you can have everything that you want. But I actually think it's it sets them up to fail. Yes. So I highly recommend putting up, like, I don't want to limit you, but it, I do want to limit, um, you can put as many things on the grid as you would like. However, each thing, have it be pretty doable and maybe a little bit of a stretch, but if you've never done the practice in your whole life or you've done it, but like it was 10 years ago, or you're just getting back on the horse, do a, break it down smaller than you think you should. Yes. Because, especially for the women as I have been obsessed lately with uh, hormones and uh-huh. time of the month situation, uh-huh. menstruation, um, there are, I'm now learning there are days where your hormones like make you think you can do more and there are days where you feel down. And so if you make your grid on an up day and then you get to the week where you feel like shit, then you're not going to get your exes and then you're going to crash. Yeah. So make it smaller uh-huh. And then get that X. Even on, on the good weeks, you get it. And then when you're depressed and you want to stay in bed, you still can get those X's because it only takes you a few minutes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's funny. That's reminding me of the, the uh, nested frames of practice thing. Yes. Yeah. Which you're going you're gonna to explain. Okay. I'll explain that right now. Yeah. Um, and and th- we should say like the grid... Part of the reason we love the grid so much is it's practice friendly. Like it, it's about daily practice. Yes, very much. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, that's another, that's another thing. Um, 
But first of all, which time, which day in a woman's cycle, counting from if day one is, how do you start counting? Day one is the day you start bleeding. Okay. So starting from day one, which is the best day to make your grid? Make your grid. Uh, it's in the day seven to day. You know what? I need to look this up. But there is a there's a window. It's um. Hold on. I'm gonna get out my new app. Hold. Okay, so the best day for women, day one, it's you're starting on the upward trend up until day 14 when it peaks. So anywhere in the day one through 14, it's going up. So day seven to 14 is your sweet spot. Although... No, no. I mean, what you just said is don't do it on the up day. <laughs> well, if you... I think it's good to do it on the up day because you're starting new things. So you have this energy to start new things. Okay. However, you've got to remember the other 14 days of your cycle. And what are you going to be able to do every day for a month? So, so you maybe don't week think... one. Maybe week one is the best time to do it because you're starting to feel more upbeat, but you're not at like prime crazy time. Okay. So I'm going to say day one to seven. And I'm going to keep researching that. Great. Okay. But I, yeah. I mean, I suppose it also just depends. Mostly people are going to be making their grid. In the, at the at end, the of, end the month. of the month. The calendar right. month. So if you're synced up that way, then there you go. So yeah. any tips for how to rearrange the, the cycle? The cycle? I'm, I'm, still, I'm going to be working with my acupuncturist on that. Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to be, to be uh, elaborated in a future episode. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, choose, like, go smaller. Actually, go smaller than you think so that you, so that no matter what, you can get into the position. Yes, okay. Thank you for really nicely teeing me off there. Mm -hmm. um, so there's this idea of these nested frames of practice. And here's how it goes. Um, say, say you want to do anything. So today we're going to be talking about kettlebells which is a, a, a workout program. Um, so kettlebells, the basic idea is you are swinging this large metal object a uh, hundred times in a day. And then you are standing up and sitting down with it uh, 10 times. No, yeah, yeah 10 times uh, in a day. And so one way to approach that is like, that's my goal. That's what I got to do every single day. Let's say it's meditation. Like, I have to sit down and I have to follow my breath. And I actually kind of want this idea from meditation. Um, I have to sit down and I have to follow my breath for half an hour. Or say it's uh, writing. Like I have a writing practice and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write about something that I really care about for half an hour. And I'm going to produce this creative work. Um, and then if I don't do that thing, then I failed. Right. So I have this binary thing. Like I'm either going to do the practice and succeed, I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to fail, and then I'm going to feel bad about it, and then I'm going to have to get in this kind of fight with myself about it one way or another. Like, okay, I'm going to double down on my willpower and really get it done this time, or I'm going to, like, collapse into a pile of self-pity and depression about how useless I am and how I'm never going to achieve my goals, right? So uh, the nested frames of practice is this idea that there are actually there are four steps to... Um, to doing the thing so here are the four steps of and i think far as i can tell this applies to any practice step one is you get in the position so if that's kettlebells you actually you actually put on your workout clothes and you go and you be with the bells if that's uh meditation you sit cross-legged with a straight back in a meditation posture and get ready to meditate. Maybe you set your timer. If that's writing, you sit down in front of your computer or you sit down in front of your pen and paper. Okay, so let's get in the position. That's step one. Or frame one, I should say. Once you're in the position, step two is do the thing. So if that's 
once again, I'm going to give three metaphors, uh, three analogies. If that's uh, kettlebells, that means actually swinging the bells, like doing the exercise. If that is meditation, it means putting your attention on your breath or whatever your particular meditation practice is. That means writing. Uh, it means moving your fingers, like putting words down on the page. S- the third nested frame, and these nested frames, each one is a prerequisite for the next. You cannot do the thing if you're not in the position, right? But you can be in the position without doing the thing. Right. And s- similarly, you once you are in the position... You can get dressed, get in front of the bells, and sit there. Yes, exactly. You're still ready to do it. You're in the you're position. You're in the position. Right. You can sit at your meditation cushion and go through your to-do list and check the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Or you can sit in front of your computer and stare into space. Right. Instead of right. You're still in the position. You're not actually doing the doing the activity yet. Yes. So the so so then you can also be doing the activity. Then there is a third nested inside of those first two, which is uh, connecting with yourself. Ooh. So it gets so more beautiful. It gets a little more beautiful. So this is where not only are you sitting and writing, but you also actually have some connection with what it is you're saying. You're not just like doing kind of stream of consciousness, like unclogging the pipes, like, ah, oh, I'm, I don't know what to say today. I don't know what to say today. Oh, there's a bird in the window. Okay, what am I doing? Rah, rah, rah. I'm never going to get good at this. Like, like this thing, like unclogging the pipes, automatic writing. But you're actually like, oh, I actually feel myself while I'm writing. I feel myself while I'm tracking my breath. Or I feel myself while I'm swinging these kettlebells. So that's the next nested frame. And then the final one is connect with something larger. Boom. Um, and, and that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It's kind of we're doing the God episode today. I it's know. funny. I didn't even God really keeps track that. God slipping in. Um, so, what, so connect to something larger. I, I don't even want to get into what listing possibilities. It's just the next part after once you have those first three, you're in the position, you're doing the practice, and you're connected with yourself. The next thing that becomes available is also to connect with something larger. Mm-hmm. So that just reminds me, like have your check be more along the spectrum your check is not i meditated and i talked with god and it, and he gave me this amazing download right yeah. your check is not an hour a day if you've never meditated before right your your check is not um i i i wrote my favorite chapter yet of my book no right? The check is, it's way on the other end of that spectrum. It's about being in the position mm-hmm. and maybe like doing a little bit of the practice. Right. If And it, but, and bite off what you can choose. So if getting into the position, like I have an ex this month about getting to my desk at 10 a.m. ready to work. Not It's not about working. It's about getting in the position of work. Yes. That is the first step to that practice for myself. And I actually need to get that ex consistently I need to build that muscle so that I can get into working too. And then, of course, once you're in the position, you end up working a lot. Right. But that's not the X. The X for me, because it's a beginning skill, is getting in the position. And with meditating, I've meditated a bunch. I know how to do it. I have had good experiences with it, blah, blah, blah. So getting into the position, that's not an X for me. The X is actually meditating. Yes. Not just getting in the position. So... If you're just starting, do an X about getting into the position and maybe like if it's dance, instead of like half an hour of dance, get into the position one song. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like that thing. I can't remember who said this, but this this idea of like, if you want to start flossing, floss one tooth. Oh, perfect. Right. And then because once you floss one tooth, you're going to come on. Come on. Right. Yeah. And the brain, I mean, we should teach a, a success. Because mm-hmm. you get the feeling no matter what you do. So, yeah. So, do that. <laughs> okay. You, you should like do a, that. You're like, I'm like a DJ and I'm just like, <laughs> I press play on the part of your brain that knows about explaining a success. A success. And then okay. you have to go find it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so this is, uh, we almost talked about this last time about the grid, but we kind of had so much else to say so a success this idea comes from robert fritz as far as i know Mm -hmm. um through we learn it through carl bukite um talking about robert fritz work first name check for carl bukite i'm sure it won't be the last um and the idea of a success is just this 
your brain a certain part of your brain that's in charge of kind of like reward chemistry and like making meaning out of the experience in your life doesn't actually distinguish between a really big success and a really small success it just has this this kind of lever or this like tag called a success and so one of the things that you can do to radically up your experience of like feeling successful which actually makes you more successful makes you more successful in in the bigger things is to start coding more of your experience as a success yes and so the way you do that is when something good happens anything you just say to yourself a, a success. success a success um Lindsay and i do it all the time we say it to each other and high five so this can be like the classic examples are like um you picked up your socks and put them in the laundry. A success. You know, you you got a check on your grid. Every check on your grid is a little bit a, a success. success. Um, you, you, I just, you avoid a fight with your partner and, and you actually do, you like finally do the thing that you've been trying to do, which is like walk out of the room instead of say something snarky and pissy and start a whole big fight. A success. It, that's a success. Yes. It's It's not paying attention to like, all the story of it and you're just paying attention to the thing that you did well and it doesn't matter what it is yep um so i i mean both of us i think strongly recommend this practice yeah just as a as a meta practice for going about your day whenever you can find something to give yourself a pat on the back about and say huh that went well yes then you just say a success so getting into the position is like a really good and, and saying a success is a really good way to get yourself to practice more and to do it more because your brain remembers that you did a good job. Right. Instead of, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't meditate. Meditating is going to be so hard. And then you're in bed and you're thinking about meditating. And it's like 30 minutes. And how am I going to get to 30 minutes? It's like, no, all I have to do is get to the position. Exactly. Perfect. So choose things on your grid that you can get a success. Yes. Feeling with. Um, so that you feel like at the end of the month, a success. And then when you make your new grid, you feel really good about making your new grid. That's the idea is that this, this uh, the snowball effect that you get better and better and you trust yourself more and more and you, you keep creating grids that get better and better. Yes. And I want I don't know if we said this last time, but even if we did, it bears repeating. Um, we, you want to figure out how to set it up so that when you look at your grid, it feels good. Yes. You want a good feeling about your grid. Like If that's... you feel overwhelmed too much, you got to dial it back. You want to feel excited about your month. Yeah. And if you feel kind of bummed out because it's too, there's too many spaces, don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like the, the whole point is to look at the X's and feel good. Yes. And and maybe feel good and feel excited about there there might this might be my own like preference, but I'm like big into growth. You wanna feel like excited about the possibility of doing this every day and like what what could be possible for yourself. Like I noticed some people their their response to the grid was that, you know, they've been doing this all their life, which is awesome. If you're doing the grid and it's working for you and it's building happiness and wonder, amazing. I'm excited. Um, and if there's something in your life that feels really stuck, the grid is actually the place to put it. Even if you're a super organized, super productive person, if there's some area of your life that you feel stuck, this the grid is actually the, the place where you can break that stuckness down into what you want and then break what you want into what can you do every day mm -hmm. that will lead to what you want. Mm -hmm. And then even that every day, break that down even smaller because if you're really stuck about it, just start with the smallest possible thing you can do every day and make it a daily practice and you're going to get momentum. Right. This is uh, somebody asked the question, what about things that we that I want to do like three times a month? Right. Like he wanted to uh, publish a, a Medium article three times a month. Yes. And that was a, a goal. And I have a client who wanted to do Pilates three times a week. Right. And so... And and so his question was like, well, how do you use the grid for that? And um, 
And I, I actually didn't have this answer immediately. I was kind of like, well, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's really for that or like, you know, and, and then I went away and I thought about it and I'm like, oh, and we talked and, and it's like one of the opinions of the grid kind of system or the, the, the presuppositions is that daily practice is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And this is really about... Um, kind of tracking and encouraging daily habits and daily practice. And so then it was kind of obvious, like, oh, if you put a, a, a row on your grid for work for 15 minutes on a Medium article yep. every day. That is going to for sure lead to a Medium article. Yeah, it's going to get you two or three Medium articles a month. Like, at least it's going to get you way more in that direction than you were when you're kind of saying, I want to do this, but I'm not. Right. Right. It's just 15 minutes a day of like doing something on your medium articles. Uh, so it's like that. And the same with. With the Pilates, I said, well, what will having that do for you? You know, three Pilates classes a week, not knowing. Like, I don't know what the benefit is. And she said, I want abs, which I loved. And and I said, OK, so what if we break that into a daily habit and you work on abs every day, a little bit, five minutes of abs. And sh- and that's what she's going to try. Um and I think that, yeah, I mean, I'm the opinion of the grid and the opinion of Lindsay is that that's probably going to lead to more success in that goal than actually, I don't know if it's more. I think it will be easier to get that goal when it's a daily habit. Yes. Than three classes a week. Yeah. Yeah. You get a momentum from the daily practice that just carries it starts to carry you without you having to think about it so much and effort and like schedule in these classes and these chunks of time and if it's just a daily practice it starts to happen without you efforting so much in my opinion mm-hmm. once you get going okay can i vent now yes you okay. can vent great um so in researching this i one of the things i was looking up was this idea of keystone habits and um very briefly uh, Keystone habits were, as far as my pretty limited internet research uh, went, came from a book by Charles Duhigg um, called The Power of Habits. Uh, the Power of Habits. And he talks about these Keystone habits, uh, habits which have like a, a knock on effect. If you do this habit, it has a knock on effect to um, many other habits in your life and just kind of can really change your life for the better and in, in in kind of it has like a magnifying effect the the idea the analogy a keystone is the is the central uh stone in an arch which holds the whole thing up hmm. so that's the idea um he wrote he wrote power of habit yes and then he wrote which i read and i loved but then he wrote smarter faster better and i fell out a little bit <laughs> okay yeah I'm um, like hold on still trying to get habits yeah hold on charles Maybe maybe in another five years you'll <laughs> yeah, be, I'll be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for smarter, faster, better. So so in this researching this so this Keystone habits, I came across, and I'm gonna out them e- even though it's not entirely their fault, as we'll discover. Business Insider, I came across that was the top Google hit. You just go say Keystone habits, and um, so I came across this article, and it lists eight simple Keystone habits that can change your life. I hope this is considered fair use. I'm going to say oh, yeah. that this is because I'm, I'm, I'm presenting a critique. So mm-hmm. um, go check out the Business Insider article on Keystone Habits. Um, but here are the eight habits. But then you just promoted them. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, ha- <laughs> Promote them, knock them down. Okay. So habit number one, having family dinners. Aww. Which I just noticed the photograph on this article, and they don't look like they're having a good time at they all. They don't. No, they look kind of bummed. And what do you do if you don't have a family around? I don't have an answer to that. But I mean, it, but it's kind of a bummer. That's kind of a bummer way to open the article. I mean, there's so many people that don't have that. So strike one for Business Insider <laughs> already. Um, uh, habit number two making your bed every morning let's start there Th- let's that's start great there. Everybody, everybody can, can do, do that, that unless i did you don't not have a, do that today unless you don't have a bed oh which is but if you don't have a bed you're probably not reading an article on business insider right so making your bed every morning exercising regularly which is why Woo! 
it's why we're talking about this. It's a real good idea. Um, everybody knows. Tracking what you eat. They talk about that. I don't know about that, but I'm sure it's great. Um, developing daily routines. That's kind of like a meta thing. I mean, they're saying the grid here or some version of the grid. Great. Yes, we agree with that. Sure. Um, I guess that's that's a keystone habit. I guess that's a habit. The habit is like working on it. The habit is doing the grid. Yeah. That's a habit. Yeah. I'll give it to them. Meditating. Couldn't oh, agree more. Love it. It's great. <laughs> There's a picture of a nice man. It looks does, like. Does he look uh, happy? He looks peaceful. Peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, planning out your days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So these are all great. Yeah. Now we come to habit number eight of the keystone habits that will radically transform your life. For yeah, exactly. Um, Is that really what it's called? You it's just... called keystone habits that transform your life. Got it. Uh, so habit number eight is having strong willpower. Oh, oh. There's a, and so there's a quote from having a really bad feeling. There's a quote from Duhigg saying, uh, "Dozens of studies show that willpower is the single most important keystone habit for individual success." Uh, so we can't blame Business Insider for this. Duhigg himself is yeah. promoting this as a keystone habit, having strong willpower. Right, spot- which is actually not a habit. There you go. You spot Sorry. the mistake. You just <laughs> killed my punchline, but that's great. Spot the mistake. <laughs> having strong willpower, this is this abstract attribute that has nothing. There's no, you can't put on your grid, I had strong willpower today. Right. Right? Like that's not like, it's not oh, measurable. got to get my strong willpower X. No, no, not a habit. Uh, uh-uh. uh. And and yeah, there's these famous studies, and there's like the really famous one is the uh, the marshmallow study, which oh. everybody knows about, <laughs> which you can watch videos of online. It's just the most adorable and kind of tragic thing. And I'll just tell the story because it's so good. I'm sure 99% of the people listening know this study. So basically, what they did is they got they got a bunch of kids, and one by one, they would put put a kid in a room with a marshmallow, and they would say. I'm going to go out for a while, and if when I come back, if that marshmallow is still here, I'll give you a second one, so you can have oh. two, and you can have them both. Um, but if it's gone, then you only get the one. And then the and then the researcher leaves, and I think they're gone for 15 minutes, which for these kids are like six, seven. That's a long That's time a to long stare at a marshmallow. Time. Come on. In an empty room, like, I think. Nothing else to do. Come on. Like, you would, anyway. <gasps> And so there are all these videos, you go, you can find them on YouTube, um, of little kids staring at these marshmallows, twisting themselves into all of these, like, contorted shapes to try and, like, not do it. Like, doing things like they'll, like, eat out the inside and try and, like, keep a little <laughs> marshmallow shell so it looks like, the, you know, it's intact. Um, oh. And so then they follow up, like, 10 years later or 20 years later, and they look at um, the the success of the kids and there's a correlation between the ones that could defer gratification and having more kind of measurable markers of success in their life i don't know the details of like how they measured the success or like that but there's that's the basic idea of the study and there's uh, like Duhigg says dozens of studies um and and so i can't argue with that premise right but it's totally useless information. All it does, and that marshmallow study, like now, like I can laugh about it and feel good about it. I know I would have been one of those kids. I would have oh, yeah. eaten that marshmallow, no doubt. Like within minutes, I would, have, <laughs> I would have eaten the marshmallow and then I would have kind of felt bad or whatever, right? I think Lynn's... Oh, for sure. For eat sure. It. Eat it. Eat the marshmallow. Eat it. Um, so when I first heard about this study, what... And there's a lot in... Um, kind of i think in traditional therapy and in especially in traditional psychological research that kind of has a similar um like feeling to it and i'm actually i this is tangentially related but i'm going to tell another story um uh, a friend of mine who will remain nameless uh in this is years and years ago in his uh college years he did a little too much of some kind of drugs. Okay. He did too much drugs, and he kind of freaked himself out mm. and, you know, was having a hard time, and he dropped out of school to take a year off, go back home, and kind of recover. 
and he was having some pretty intense symptoms. Uh, basically, he was hearing voices mm. and uh, super anxious. And yeah, and he was just freaked out, right? Uh, I am not condoning using large amounts of drugs, anything like that, right? But like, obviously, the story does not condone that. But I just want to, <laughs> for whatever reason, I'm like on a public forum. Cover your bases. I want to cover my bases. Even though I want to do a show about the benefit of drugs. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, well, we can, that'll, <laughs> now there we'll get in a fight as well. So he had this experience and he went to a doctor, his family doctor, and he described this experience. He said, hey, like, I'm I'm having a hard time and freaking out. Like, I'm think I'm hearing voices and I feel really scared like what can i do and and the doctor said to him oh well you've that was a bad idea you shouldn't have done that much drugs like you've probably permanently damaged your brain oh come on come on like that is the least (laughs) helpful response to that experience that you can saying possibly have. Saying would nothing. Would be way more helpful. Way more helpful. Than that. Just like, okay. Just saying, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. That's, like, that's, that's, that's really intense. That's really intense. Exactly, right? Like that way more useful response. And then there's a whole catalog of other kind of useful responses, right? Um, and so there's something about like the kind of... Oh, I see what you're saying. The orange meme like psychological kind of like um scientific medicine mm, conclusive statements about who we are based on something and and just like the orientation is around facts Uh not around useful stance yeah and 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 more about definitive information versus like possibility and right the question is what's true not what's going to be the most helpful thing here. And uh, and I just feel that way about this having strong willpower. One, it's not even a habit, so it doesn't even make sense. No. And it's totally not actionable. And um, and it, all it does is it kind of puts people into this mental category of like either I identify someone with strong willpower, in which case I'm going to feel great about that, and it didn't really do me any good. Yeah, or, and those people are not reading that article. If you naturally just feel so aligned with having strong willpower. Or, or they are, and they just read it and they go like, okay, but uh-huh. it doesn't help them. No. Right? Or um, you don't Or you read it identify. and you, you identify someone that doesn't have strong willpower, and then you're just going to feel kind of like, oh, well, I guess, I guess I'm not going to be a successful person. Or you say like, yeah, he's right. I really need to be better. I need to be, I need to really work on this. And you kind of get, uh, um, you like force yourself, in, you force, you start efforting and forcing yourself. Right. Which, which will for sure plummet you into, I mean, you just can't do that for that long. Like that, that energy source will run out and then you will stop doing it and you will feel like shit. You, so it's not a habit. It's not God a habit. It. And and it's not a useful thing to say. So cut it out. And it's great that people do the research. Like I think the research is useful. And I think telling people about the research is useful. I just think you also then want to give them something actionable that's actually that's like what builds strong willpower. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what builds strong willpower is starting with manageable steps and and consistently and, and consistently practicing. doing them and getting the experience of success, mm-hmm. and then you can build and you can build. Mm-hmm. Ta-da, the grid. Yeah, ta-da, the grid. I I pretty soon will be identifying. I can feel my identity changing with the grid. Like I can actually feel how I used to identify as a disorganized um, slacker to like. Uh, highly on top of it, productive, um, organized businesswoman. Great. Who How exercises every day, meditates every day. I'm on it. Like, like I'm, are, I'm, I'm becoming an on it person. You're one of those people. I'm becoming one of those people. <laughs> and I'm like starting to trust that part of myself. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, a, that's an identity shift. Thank you, Grid. Uh-huh. And all the other work I've done. Yeah. Digging out my soul. That's important too. That's is that a check? Digging out your soul. Yeah. It's probably like less 
that should probably be less of a ch- check for people as um, falling in love with your soul. That could be a check. Mm. Spending five minutes a day being in love with your soul. That's a good one. Okay, so we're going to talk about the bells. Yes. Kettlebells. Kettlebells. Hang on, I'm just bringing something up. What I'm bringing up right now is I, I need to... You, gotta, you need to be accurate. I just need to say his name correctly. Oh, yes. So here's the story of the kettlebells in my life once again, uh, very briefly. So I was, um, I'd been injured. I had a wrist injury for a long time that kind of stopped me from working out. Um, or it, at, at the time, I thought it would stop me from working out. Um, and then I healed that, and, and I was ready to start working out. And I knew I wanted to do strength training. I knew I wanted to do something that was going to physically build my body, that was going to build my strength. Uh, a lot because of the influence of uh, Ken Wilber talking about strength training and the benefits of strength training. I tried to find, he, he's always talking about this study where they, basically they, they got a bunch of people doing Vipassana, which is a kind of meditation, that, and it's a kind of meditation where uh, you can kind of measure people's progress at pretty fine grain. What? Nothing. <laughs> So we can go on a tangent about Vipassana retreats. Yeah, no, no, no. We won't. We, oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Vipassana right now in any more detail. Just it's kind of meditation. And it's a meditation that you can have a pretty fine-grained um, measurement of people's progress. You can say, oh, they're at stage one, they're at stage two, they're at stage three. Um, and so there was a study done. And I'm just repeating Ken Wilber. I couldn't actually find this study, which I'm a little bummed about. But uh with my five minutes of Googling, I think it's definitely findable. Um, but the, the, what they discovered in the study is basically they, they had a control group that was just doing the Vipassana. They had a group that was doing Vipassana and yoga, and they had a group that was doing Vipassana and strength training. And what they found, I'm pretty sure the group that was doing yoga uh, was pretty close to the control. Um, maybe there was a little improvement, as in people that were doing the yoga progressed a little further along the vipassana path because they were also doing yoga but the people who were doing strength training had marked improvement mm. so doing strength training improved people's progress in meditation much more than yoga wow. and much more than not doing strength training huh. so that study and then a bunch of other things that just have kind of uh, pointed me in the direction of strength training they say this about weight loss too with strength uh, everyone's like so into cardio, but if you add strength training, it's not only healthier for your body, but you lose more weight because it burns more fat. Right, because the muscles are burning the fat all of the time, not just when you're working out. Right, which is why CrossFit is so popular right now and all these strength kettlebells and all that because it's like, oh yeah, it's not only about burning calories. Yep. So strength training, two thumbs up. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking for strength training and I, and I wanted something that I could do from home. Because ah. I didn't want to go to the gym because it's just a whole extra. I actually love going to the gym. Uh-huh. I really, really enjoy it. Uh-huh. I like being around people that are working on themselves. There's like an energy. You know, you get to check people out, which is nice. And there's something like I just feel really good and productive when I do it. And there's nothing. There's no distractions. It's kind of easy. But it's a hassle to go there. And I was kind of, and I don't know exactly where I was living and like back and forth. And so I didn't want to go to the gym. I wanted to do a strength training thing from home. And so then the next step was like, okay, so I was looking at getting a... A, a bench. I remember you were... Yeah. Go- you were... I was Googling... Googling all these like fancy big equipment. Yeah. And like, you were real close to buying a bench. I was very close to buying a bench and maybe even a squat rack. Yep. And and a, and a set of free weights. Yep. And then my my dear friend, Matthew Pocelli, Aww. brother of our one Twitter follower, um, <laughs> He uh, he said, you got to do these kettlebells. Right. And you were like, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, kettlebells, what is this? Come on. I Actually, I thought, it looks kind of dangerous. Like, it's it, you got to swing this thing around. Like, it huh. looks, I was more, I was like, that I looks know dangerous. That. I thought it was more just like people suggesting something that you should do. I, no, I just kind of had it in my head. <laughs> like, I was going to do weights. Right. And you decided. And then these, the, he was showed me these things, and it was like it just it seems dangerous. I don't know, but um, but then he said, just read the book, just read the book. And key key advice yeah, right there. Yeah, just read the book. Just read the book. And so he and so he told me about the book, and the book is called Simple and Sinister, 
and it is by a man called Pavel Tsetsulin, who's a Russian man, who's kind of, as far as I can tell, and this is like the press about him, is he's the guy that brought kettlebells to America. To the U.S., yeah. Basically. He spread it. Uh, he was originally doing something called uh, RKC, Russian Kettlebell Challenge. He's now doing something called uh, Strong First Gira, SFG, um, which is where this simple and sinister book comes from. He's a incredible, bizarre, hyper-masculine uh, kind of Russian guy. Mm-hmm. He has these hilarious videos when he first started out where he was playing this character. He'd be like, hello, comrades. And he would like do all these kettlebell <laughs> exercises while referring to the audience as comrades. He's kind of like matured in his um, public persona a little bit now. But he wrote this book, Simple and Sinister, which is uh, talking about this program, this kettlebell program. And so I'll just very briefly talk about the program. So first of all, a kettlebell, if you don't know what it is, it's like a big round weight with a, with a handle on it. And so it kind of looks like it kind of looks like a kettle, like an old-fashioned kettle. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to say a purse, but that's like not the most masculine thing. But it's yeah. no, a kettle. Hence I think, hence kettlebell. Kettlebells. So and it also looks like a bell. And it, yeah, it kind of looks like a bell and it's got but it's got a round body with like a flat base. And so what you do with these things is you can do a whole bunch of different exercises. In Simple and Sinister, he basically just gives you two exercises. Mhm. And so one is a swing, which is uh, uh, what's called a ballistic exercise, which means you are throwing the weight and you're using gravity and you're using um, acceleration and you're moving quickly and it's about power. And so you're swinging this thing. Uh, I can't teach you how to do it on the podcast, so you, you should just read the book. But you're swinging this thing. Um, and then the other exercise is a get-up, which is slow. It's about control. They sometimes call it loaded yoga meaning um you're, you it's kind of like yoga but you have a big weight and you get and basically you go from lying down through a sequence of movements to standing and then back to lying down with this very heavy weight um over your head mm-hmm. so those are the two exercises that's the whole program is like a, just do those two exercises at weights that work for you gradually increase the weights uh you do 100 swings a day and you do 10 get-ups a day that's the whole program. So I read this book, and the guy is just so compelling, and he's so fun. And, you know, whoa, he... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> Hold on. He is not so compelling, and he is not so fun. What? No, he's not. He's not. The book, like, for the for me, like, the book is, like, very bare bones. It's awkward. He uses, like, really weird words. There's these, like, black and white photos. It's but he's like, so Russian. Yeah, and I like, get it. And like there is a transmission in his yeah. book, which that is compelling. But I would never use the word fun. Okay. <laughs> I I think it's really fun and I found it really compelling. I read the book and you I was You read the book like three times. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I was completely sold. I was just like, Yep. Right. Um oh, okay, I'm gonna do this. So I got hold of some kettlebells and just and both of us and this is I mean, we might have awful form because we've never like actually <laughs> worked with a, a professional trainer about this like i have I, I have oh you have yeah in the past oh, okay yeah so so you might Which know I something recommend. i mean i recommend if you've never done any kind of workout or alignment or ever worked with a personal trainer you get somebody to show you the kettlebells or you find a friend like i had robbie who's a like very into accuracy and he's very studious and he studied the book and then he watched me do it and like realigned things from the photos because you have a memory of like exactly what the guy says but if i were to just if it was just me reading that book i would hire her if i hadn't have had you to kind of like be like well he actually said to lift your arms you know 90 degrees i'm like really you remember reading that i would i would have hired somebody okay so yeah either get a person like robbie that's like very into the book or hire somebody, but ideally somebody in his lineage, in yes. in Pavel's lineage, like yes. his program, because there's all sorts of kettlebell trainers. But I, I have never, um, I had studied, I had tried kettlebells like three or four times. It never stuck. And when I read, when I was in the Pavel program with his book, it stuck. Yeah. Also, so- the grid helps it stick. But oh, this was pre-grid. This pre-grid. Was pre-grid. So Pavel definitely, um. His philosophy is different than most kettlebell trainers, and I highly suggest his people. Yep. So SFG, um, you can find them online, so and we'll fun. link to it. 
and you found it fun. So one of the things I was going to say is like, and, and I hope that, you know, I'm, I'm giving Lindsay adjustments as far as I can tell. Um, but, and I hope that they're accurate. Like I still, I should go hang out with one of his trainers. Like I haven't, but, um, but yet just from reading the book and like one of the things I love about the book is he gives the, he describes the exercises in such precise detail that you can actually learn it from the book. That's why you love it. Yeah. Like it, like it I, works. It works. Like I right. actually learned my whole exercise routine, which I've been doing close to a year now, and I love from reading a book. I mean, I've watched videos since, and I've talked to other people who uh, know more of what they're doing. But still, like, I just think that's that's extraordinary. And I know some people are like, ah, I, I need to do a video, but we. I would just say read the book. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you gave me that advice when I was learning. You said like actually read the book and I actually remember when you were learning and I actually read it to you and then you practiced like so that you got the exact words yes. down uh-huh. um yeah so if you're a, not a procedural person like me that doesn't like all that detail the detail get through it it's worth it stick with it read the book read the book so now I just want to say I I love this practice I do it every day um it's like this and what's great about it is it's incredibly self-contained you don't need a lot of equipment like you need like to begin with you need, like two of these kettlebells you're going to graduate and add a couple more um it takes like half an hour ish when you've just gone up a weight it takes a little longer than that when you're kind of really slamming it takes a little less than that um but like half an hour a day it's not a lot of time you can do it in your room like it doesn't require a lot of space and uh and it really works like it it I I just have I'm getting the experience of having a strength training practice that is exactly what I wanted. I feel stronger. I have more energy. My body is like more integrated. Feels more like one whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my ass is like a rock. It's insane. Wow. Um, it's like I mean it's insane. Anyway, I like that part. Um, and yeah, and I just feel more. I just feel stronger in my whole life. Like it's kind of had that keystone habit benefit amazingly with like relatively little investment i mean it is an investment like it's an investment of energy and there are days where it kind of takes it out of you when you're you know when you're going when you push it it can take it out of you but i just it's i love it and i strongly recommend it if you don't already have like a uh exercise regime or especially a strength training regime that you that you really dig I love this one. I think it's fantastic. And um and I'll just say like I was not at all like an exercise person before this. Right. Like I was I would try, but it would always kind of like I wasn't like a big gym person. I wasn't a big like athlete in any way. Mm-hmm. And this is like the the best shape I've ever been in my life just from doing this. Yeah. Boom. I mean that's also why you haven't hired somebody is you're getting stronger, you're not injured, and you're having a good time. So Yes. You're just going to keep going. Yes. What about you? Tell me, like, what is your experience with the kettlebells? I love the kettlebells. I do identify as, like, an exercise person and, like, a more athletic person, but I was always getting injured. And so I would, like, start – this is the first time – this is the first time I have consistently exercised pretty much every day, um, which is to a few factors. One being the nature of the kettlebells because you can dial it down or dial it up based on your energy level. Uh-huh. Two is because Pavel's philosophy is about storing energy in the body versus exhausting it. Like uh-huh. that is, he is saying work out to feel more strong. Versus work out to feel exhausted and spent. Mm -hmm. That has helped me hugely. So huge. Because then you end the workout feeling good, strong, a success. Next day you get to the kettlebells and you're like, yeah, do it again. And I notice the next day if I push it too far, like because I'm just like trying to get to the next level or I just want to like really effort and I get tired, then the next day is a little weaker. So it actually goes better when I don't push it too far, which I've never had that mentality in working out. Mm -hmm. 
I also learned it at a consistent rate. I only, it's because of the idea of like the nested frame and the grid and starting small and being consistent. I learned, I just upped it each time. I didn't try to like be the best at kettlebells on week one and feel deflated about that. I've actually like built it really incrementally. Um, I think I've, yeah, I think I've tried, you know, I did the Insanity DVDs. Do you remember Insanity? No. With, um, it's like P90X. It's just like work. I mean, I, because here's what happens. Every time I've started an exercise regime, it's been in a desperate moment. <laughs> and so when you're desperate, you sign up for way bigger things than you, than are probably good for you. I mean, it's like we were talking about the boom bust cycle, the right? The boom bust cycle. If you don't quite believe you can have it, then you're gonna sign up for like okay let me just get it done right you're gonna reach for more of a miracle than right. than uh than a, a practice a healthy consistent practice right because who wants to do a healthy consistent practice but then <laughs> you actually do because it works um so i signed up for insanity i signed up for p90x and it was just like i would push and push because the people are yelling at you in the videos crossfit too like i know so many people benefit from crossfit i I, they, they, the competitive nature of CrossFit and like me wanting to be really good at stuff, I pushed it too far and I would get injured. And then I would like, you know, I'd feel sad, Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to go. Um, other things I've tried is personal training, which is expensive. It's awesome. You get personal attention, but you basically depend on the personal trainer to come up with new routines for you and you pay them. And so you either run out of cash to pay them or, um, you don't actually learn the habit of a practice and you're kind of depending on the personal trainer to make you work out. Mm -hmm. And so that also I would fall out Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. So this is the first time I've done something consistently without injury and I love it. And I feel way stronger. And that now I feel like I've been doing this for almost a year and I feel like I have a foundation of strength and I actually trust my body more. I went to a circus class Mm. last week and I've done circus classes before, but when it was time to do the trapeze, I I trusted my body and I trusted myself to know where is my injury level, like where's the how far to push it without getting injured. And I was and I ended up like swinging on the trapeze and like going up and standing on it. And I also forgot that I was – I started on the small trapeze and I did great with that. So then I went to the big trapeze where you have to like stand on a block to get high to reach the bar. And then mm-hmm. you're suspended in air. And so you're like off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was swinging and I did my routine. And I completely was like in the moment, completely forgot that I was like elevated. And I let go of the bar at the <sighs> end, fell flat on my face. Oh, man. Luckily, there was a mat. And I was totally fine. The worst part about it is that everyone <laughs> turned and stared. And um, it was like that awkward moment where it's like, you where know, you, when you, where you you're fall like, off you the fall. Trapeze. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'm fine. And it's like, the more attention you give me right now, uh-huh. the worse it gets. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if everybody could just like as quickly as possible, <laughs> forget that this happened, that would be great. And then the teacher and I had this really sweet but really awkward moment of like, you fell. Are you okay? Like, it's your first day at circus class in a few years. And I was just like, luckily, I've done enough personal growth work that I can I can actually just um, tell myself, like, I really wanted to cry. I actually really wanted to cry in the moment. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, you know what, Linz? Like, you can go cry in the car after this class if you still need to cry. I, like, did a little – you know, uh-huh. and I was like, and you went for it. Oh, I can get a little teary just like thinking about it. I didn't actually cry in the car afterwards. You went for it. You're doing such a good job and you're strong. Like you got up there and you did it. A success. A I success. think I even said a success. Uh-huh. Like I got to the class. And what I love is like, I have not been back to that. Class. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been back to that class. That's what you love. And I'm still exercising. Yes. Because uh-huh. I have the safety and the comfort of my kettlebell practice where it's just me and the bells and maybe a buddy if they're doing the bells with me, but it's me and the bells and it's my practice and it's like a safe place where I can go back and keep exercising and keep feeling stronger and it it doesn't depend on anybody else. Like it doesn't depend on a good yoga teacher. 
Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started on yoga teachers. Like, I cannot find a yoga teacher that doesn't make me want to throw something at them. Man, we really kind of have it in for yoga today. Do we? Yeah, we already did the the study or the Ken Wilber thing, where the yoga didn't oh, yeah. really help. I'm just, I, yeah, I I prefer I prefer this. Uh-huh. And flexibility is a weakness, and I'm gonna work on it. But um, I like that I'm gonna work on it from a place where like I have a I have an exercise practice that I love that's purely dependent on me, mm-hmm. and and then I can try other things from there. But there, I'm not dependent on those things working for me. Like I have something that's within my control, and and it's like and if you consistently do it and you don't get injured, you get stronger. Like I'm an average, I'm an average strong lady. <laughs> there are these categories. Yeah, average strong lady, <laughs> which is the first level. Yeah, and I'm going for um. What's the next level? Pavel has levels. So it's like average strong lady. And then there's strong lady. Can't remember. This is why we need the book. We couldn't find the book. We haven't read the book in a long time. But anyway, I'm going for the next level. And um, and it's fun. Okay, that's where it gets fun. It's fun. It's fun to progress. Yes. And get stronger and feel better about yourself. That's fun. And one of the things he says that's, yeah, that is actually on your wall right now. Mm-hmm. Is- I have it up. I write these things up. He he. At the end of the book, he he gives you the, um, he gives you the whole program, and then at the end, he just says, "Repeat until strong." So good. <laughs> just keep going. Just repeat until strong. It's so good. So good. <laughs> so anyway, there it is. It's so good. That's simple and sinister. The book. We'll link it and um. I really want to say, like, you can do it. Like, any level of person can do this. You can start with the smallest bell, and you can start with the just the warm-up that he gives you. And if you keep going, you will be strong. <laughs> it's so exciting because there's so many people that write off exercising. Yes. Right? Or have a have a – like, I love exercising, and I love stretching. That is a new – that's totally new. Mm-hmm. I still don't love stretching. So we said that so we're going to store energy in our body instead of exhausting it. <laughs> and we're going to not. And you guys as well. Yeah, we're going to store energy in your bodies and and call it a show at this point. And I'm going to talk about my favorite practice next time. God time. God time. And we're also potentially Eventually, potentially we might explain the title of this show we, although if you keep listening you'll figure it out yeah i wonder if we'll be saying this like <laughs> every time yeah but anyway um thanks so much for listening thanks for listening and we we love hearing from you uh so far twitter and facebook seem to be the main roads and personal emails and text messages yeah um we're working on a, getting a Reddit together, at yeah. which point... For all the people that don't <laughs> <We're>... know me. <laughs> for all of Robbie's fans, we're getting a Reddit account. And for all of my fans, just, you know, I don't know. Hang on in there. <laughs> Hang on in there. Maybe we'll learn about Reddit together. Probably not. Maybe you will. Maybe we will. Reddit's Maybe we will. Great. Maybe we'll infiltrate the Reddit sphere. Wait, we got to tell them like oh. what's the headline of the practice we may talk about. Okay. Yeah. So give them get like a little tease. Yeah, let's give them a tease. Okay. I'm on my fourth beverage right now. Your fourth caffeinated beverage? No, my fourth. Did you think of that because I said tease? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Fourth beverage. It's 11 a.m. But you've been up a long time. I've been up since 6.30. I had my turmeric water, then I had bone broth for breakfast, I had green juice, and now I'm having second cup of green tea. Okay. Anyway. This is bleeding over into Lindsay's other project, <laughs> Sex, God, and Beverages, where she talks about beverages. Um, That's true. You find her on YouTube. Thank you. You're begging me for a sip. I want some tea. Robbie's completely off um, green tea and all caffeine, but then he sometimes has sips of mine. I got what you were. I got why you love um, mint tea the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, I felt it. 
What what did you feel? The crispness of yeah. it and yeah. the clarity of it. Yeah. It's so clean. It's so clean. Because yeah. green tea, that's how I feel about green tea. But if you don't have caffeine, uh-huh. you need something that's, you need a beverage that's going to like cut through yep. everything. Yep. And mint tea, a good mint tea at the perfect hot temperature does the thing. Yep. That's exactly right. But it has to be hot. Has to be perfectly hot. I'm glad you understand. Yeah, I got it. That was when I quit caffeine for three weeks. I got it. And now I'm back on caffeine and I'm like, well, green tea has God in it, but mint tea is really clarifying. So for a lot of people, um, when they say God, they really mean mom and dad. Um, <laughs> when Lindsay says God, she really means caffeine. <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> no, I find, I find God in other things. That don't involve caffeine. Okay. In fact, I have found more God in sobriety than any other place. Stay tuned to hear more about Lindsay's experience of God.